Hello, everybody, and welcome to Heart House, the Center of Art, Culture, Wellness, and Dialogue at the University of Toronto. You are listening to Heart House Conversations, a monthly show where we focus on stories of interest drawn from the dynamic activity that takes place here, stories that affect students and our entire community. You'll hear from thinkers, from doers, performers, scholars, creators, and everything and everyone in between from both inside and outside the University of Toronto. I'm your host, John Monahan, and I'm the warden of Heart House. Before we start our conversation today or introduce our guests, I'd like to first acknowledge that this land on which the University of Toronto operates has for thousands of years been the traditional and sacred land of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently the Mississaugas of the New Credit. Today, this meeting place is still home to the many Indigenous people from across Turtle Island, and we are grateful to have the opportunity to work on this land. So on today's show, I'll be talking to a group of incoming University of Toronto students, or actually first-year University of Toronto students, who've just arrived uh, this fall. We're going to talk to them about the thrill, the terror, and the anticipation of the first year of university. And as I, as I record this with them here in the studio, uh, it is the end of October. So they've had a couple of months to get used to life here, and uh, it'll be exciting to see what their thoughts are about living here uh, in a big city, uh, going to school on a big campus as part of a new system. They have to deal with books and finances and transportation, and for some of them at least, a new place to call home. So this is an opportunity for us to connect with the class of, can you believe it, 2021. Wow. <laughs> And we're going to learn a little bit more about who they are today. So with no further delay, I'd like to welcome four amazing first-year students who each have their unique stories to share with us today. They are, and I'm going to ask you to say hello when I introduce your name, Sabrina Brathwaite. Hello. Noor Bazi. Hello. Rebecca Robinson. Hello. And Kitsa Gershom. Hey. <laughs> Hey, that was the, that was the coolest. <laughs> so uh, people want to know who you are. What are first year students like today? These young people that will be graduating in 2021, which sounds so far off in the distance, but it'll go so quickly. Uh, hopefully. To the first two, hopefully. <laughs> time flies. Okay, that's interesting. The, do the first two months feel like they've gone quickly for you? Definitely. Yeah. I feel Definitely like time has passed slowly and quickly all at the same time. Time doesn't it seem to exist here. Mm -hmm. Does anyone else feel that way? <laughs> time <Yeah>. is flying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The schedule is um, faster paced than in high school. So at this point, I'd still be fooling around in class a year ago. But now it's midterms. So it was a shock. A bit of a head they spinner, crept up. right? Yeah. Yeah, how did that happen? Um, well, I wasn't doing anything, and then I checked my calendar, and I had things due, and I had to start doing things. Um, so that was that was intense, yeah. getting into the work mode and having deadlines, like, coming at me left and right. Yeah, yeah. and total self-management, too, Definitely. right? Like, yeah. no one's going to stand over you and say, manage your time. You either do it or you don't. Yeah, it's right? been, like, one of yeah. the hardest things for me is, like, constantly having to check my planner. Like, every day I have an ongoing to-do list of things that I need to get done, and it feels like it never gets shorter. It only gets longer. So, like, every day I'm constantly adding things to my to-do list. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like no one cleans up your mess. It's, like, not in high school anymore where you get to, like, know if you messed up, then someone else is going to come in there and... You're not alone. Now it's like the adult life. 
And some of us are not even 18, like. Boom. <laughs> okay, so let's let's take a step back. We want to meet you. We want to yeah. hear your story. So I'm going to start on my left in the studio. Rebecca is to my left. Rebecca, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, how it is you arrived here at University of Toronto, what you're studying, whatever you want to share. Cool, sounds good. Well, I'm Rebecca. I'm 18. Um, I'm from the U.S. I'm actually from Maryland. Um, I went to high school in Baltimore. Um, I went to a really small all-girl high school with a graduating class of 76. So coming to U of T is like a huge change because everything's just so much more massive here. And it's it's kind of mind-boggling sometimes. Um, I came to U of T in hopes of studying international relations, but over the course of... (laughs) going to classes and, you know, just figuring out the work, I found that, like, my favorite class right now is Russian. I, I studied Russian in high school, um, so I joke with my parents that I might end up becoming a Russian language literature major only because that's something that I really enjoy right now. Um, would, I mean, it, would it please them or tick them off? No, I think they'd be, I think that's something they expect, actually, because, oh, cool. like, I love languages, so, like, they, they'd be pretty down for it, but I, I know they'd be more excited if I was an international relations major, but... We'll see. Well, life is long. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Very cool. Are you living in residence? I am. So I'm living in the Chestnut residence. So it's kind of commuting, but kind of not. So like technically, I am live on campus, but a 20, 25 minute walk seems like a bit of a commute. So mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. kind of frustrating. I'm kind of worried for the winter. And, uh, <laughs> well. And yeah. for those not familiar with uh, Toronto or the University of Toronto, Chestnut is a uh, massive residence yeah. uh, that used to be a hotel mm-hmm. and has been converted into a student residence for the university, and it's uh, uh, located in downtown Toronto. So, well, listen, <laughs> if, if no one has said it to you or not said it to you recently, welcome oh, thank to you. the University of Toronto. We're going to continue around the... Uh, the, the table sitting to the left of Rebecca is Sabrina Brathwaite. Sabrina, what's your story? How did you come to be here? What are you about? Hi. So, yeah, I'm Sabrina, and um, I'm actually from Pickering, Ontario, which is about 40 minutes east of Toronto. So I've spent a lot of time in and out of the city. I went to Pickering High School, which is ironically in Ajax. Um, that has about, I it had about a th- 1,100, 1,200 students. I graduated with a couple hundred people. So I'm used to being in the city, and I'm used to being around a large group of um, people. You're probably used to being on go trains as well. I am used to being on go trains. Um, The whole summer was me coming back and forth, because since I was close, I could get, like, my tea card and things earlier. Um, It really was a blessing to be closer, especially when I hear my international student friends, especially ones from the States who don't have the culture shock, but they also weren't close enough to get in on things right. a little earlier. Right, right, right. Um, so coming to U of T, my intended major hopefully is ethics, society, and law, which is headed by Trinity College, mm-hmm. um, with a double minor in Spanish and French. Um, and I live, well, I go to UC, University College, mm-hmm. and I live in Morrison Hall, so literally right in the middle of campus. Um, but all of my classes are at Victoria. So every day it's about a 10 minute walk, um, which is actually really nice because I get my workout in because uh, I'm out of organized sport, which is one thing that I miss from high school and being younger is that my mom paid for my sports. And now that I need to pay for it myself, I can't afford it. So that's really sad. What's, yeah. What were your chosen sports or are your chosen sports? Um, for the first three years of high school and then two years before that in elementary school, I was an all-star cheerleader. And then I went to high school, I became a high school cheerleader. And then my joints gave out on me, so now I do circus, like silks and 
chuck peas that's and stuff awesome. like that. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. So that's so my knees are a bit wonky. Does that mean that I should move to circus? Um, actually, yes, because stretching will improve your range of mo- motion, which will um, help with your joint pain and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. I will. I will. You should look into that. Follow up with uh-huh. <laughs> That's fascinating. Okay, yeah. so. Uh, we have a Russian, a, a Russian specialist and a circus performer. <laughs> and continuing our tour of the table, we have Noor Bazi. Noor, tell hey. us about yourself. So I'm Noor. I actually come from very far away. I was born in Scarborough, Toronto, but <laughs> I've lived abroad my whole life. Oh, so, oh wow. Yeah, so um, I've lived in Dubai forever since I can remember. Mm-hmm. So the transition is massive. So, um, but like, big cities, this is like a little yeah. dot this on a is, map compared to Dubai. This is, no, I mean, like, this is huge. This is like the weather is different, the, everything is different for me. And, and Massive, it's, just, yeah. it's, it's very, very exciting because I've never been so exposed to so much diversity, and it's very exciting. So, the learning here is not just limited to like textbooks or like you know, facts, figures, you know, whatever you learn in class. It's like just socializing and speaking to people kind of like this. You see people from like all around the world and it's it's so fascinating for me. Hmm. Yeah. And, and what are you studying? Uh, right now, I'm a life science student. I'm hoping to specialize in human biology next year. Mm-hmm. My end goal is medicine and um, hopefully surgery. Fantastic. Yeah. And so you were born in Scarborough and then grew up Outside in in the UAE in Dubai. Yes. Did you always anticipate that you would come back to Canada for university? Was that the grand plan? I mean, yeah, especially over the couple like over the couple like last few months when I was there, I was like, so it's gonna be UFT because you know the research opportunities they're like massive, and I was like super super excited because I'm interested in science. So this was great for me. I came like mainly because of the research opportunities but when I when I when I've arrived here I I I knew it was so much more than just that. Hmm. Mhm. That's really That's uh, funny because I want I wanted to go to Dubai. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. Irony. Plot twist. All right. Well, that was the voice of Kitsa. Kitsa tell us about yourself. Uh tell us where you grew up. Tell us how you came to be here at the University of Toronto. Why you wanted to go to Dubai? <laughs> Did you take a wrong turn at I don't know Luxembourg or something and ended up in Toronto? What happened? I, I guess my flight was diverted or diverted. something. You know, like the, okay. the pilots forgot the route. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So my, I'm probably the most multifaceted person because I, I was born in Congo. That's Democratic Republic of Congo in okay. Africa. Yeah. But I grew up in Kenya uh, as a refugee. Okay. Uh, different society, different culture. And I was able to get this opportunity much later than most of everyone I know. Because I finished high school in 2015. And since I wasn't a citizen, I sort of had to pick a different path in life. Was that in Kenya you finished high yeah. school? Yeah, that was in Kenya. So I was an artist. I I was uh, training under some artists. I was doing entrepreneurship. I was just doing a bunch of stuff. But then uh, sometime last year, I got this opportunity, a scholarship to UFT, to, to, to Canada, actually. I didn't know where I was going to end up. And I ended up at UFT. So I'm really excited. Oh, fantastic. And, yeah. So what are your first impressions? Oh, wow. This, this place for me wasn't new, wasn't strange because I meant... Uh, growing up in, in Kenya, I grew up in the capital city. The people are the same. The structures may be different, but mm-hmm. like 
deep down people are the same okay maybe the differences are uh in kenya there's it's predominantly one race so coming here and you're seeing like 20 different races okay there are not 20 different races <laughs> you're seeing that many different right. people and the majority the minor you're actually part of like the minority in terms of race it's not something that you feel but like looking at it it actually makes it interesting that you're able to learn that the people have the same interests the same affections the same values as you even though they may appear to be so different so yeah that's that's how it's been that's a really profound takeaway yeah and how long did it take you to to perceive that after arriving did it you were hit with this like when the, within the first few hours or is it something that's kind of grown incrementally over the past few months? Yeah, it's it's something that's still taking time in me because I came here earlier than before the school opened about a week or two, two weeks before the school opened. Okay. And it was extremely lonely. I, I had no one to talk to. I did not know anyone. I did not know anything. I couldn't go anywhere. So I was just in residence in Whitney all, mm. all on my own. But then after a while, able to speak to different people, it's sort of like you kind of get what people are about and what they care about. And that's really amazing, mm. being able to connect with that. So, well, thank you for sharing that. Both Kitsa and Noor, you've talked about uh, or alluded to the diversity uh, at the University of Toronto. I'm wondering, Rebecca and Sabrina, and Sabrina, you grew up in Pickering. And by the way, I have cousins that attend Pickering High School, so I feel an immediate affinity towards you. Um, it's a good school. It's a good school, yeah. And they're good cousins, um, in case they're listening. Uh, but I'm just curious about uh, the... Was there an appeal to studying in a city like Toronto? For you, Rebecca, coming yeah. from... Uh, Baltimore, mm -hmm. uh, another large city, but in a very different yeah. country, uh, perhaps more different every day uh, than Canada in some ways and in other ways, very familiar, I'm mm -hmm. sure. Tell us about your read of the the notion of diversity and its um, cousin inclusion mm -hmm. as you experience it and perceive it in Toronto. Definitely. Well, like I said before, I really wanted, when I first came to U of G, I thought I wanted to do international relations. So being on a campus in another country, like outside the U.S., was something that was really exciting for me because I wanted to be able to interact with people from all around the world. And of course, like universities in the States also have like international students. But I feel like in terms, I heard a statistic before I came here that like more than half of the population who lives in Toronto was born like outside of Toronto or even mm -hmm. outside of Canada so that seems super exciting to just get to like get all these people's different experiences and just hear their stories and I attended um, an international student orientation right before school started and just sitting around and talking with people and just hearing like their life story and like where they grew up and stuff was something that I like never really thought that I could ever experience um, and it was definitely eye-opening to me um, I, I really wanted to come to U of T because I wanted that that sense of like international um opportunity to talk to people but even being from the u.s like people are like oh you're just from south of the border you know like you're not really that foreign you're not that different but even coming here there's been some few cases of culture shock um and it's all in the little subtle things that you don't expect there to be differences in um like i don't know in terms of like not even just like pronunciation of like words and things but like culturally like um, I remember I was on the TTC and like when my friends got off the TTC like everyone like said thank you goodbye or like talking to like the drivers like on the bus but like I feel like that would never happen in Baltimore so that was just something where I was like okay that's a little different like um, 
so yeah, it's just little things like that. I hear, and of course I would be blind to this because mm. I, I was raised in, in Scarborough, <laughs> close to Pickering, by the yes. way. Um, the, but I'm told that, that uh, Torontonians tend to apologize a lot, yeah. even if we're not Very actually. Very true. Very that? true. Yeah. Like if you bump into me, I might say, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's... Instead of saying, hey, why did you bump into me? Yeah. I'll say, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, it, it's sort of rubbing off on me right now because I apologize to people like 15 times now. <laughs> so that was our plan. <laughs> that was the goal. That was our, that was our intention. Yeah. No, it, it's, I mean, it's kind of a quirky thing, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Sabrina, what about for you? And I ask this as a fellow, uh, what's the term, ex-Serbian? Uh, <laughs> someone from the ex-Serbs or the, or the suburbs of... of of uh, the metropolis of Toronto. I found it a culture shock when I came downtown to the St. George campus, having been born and raised in Agent Court. Um, do you, f- have you felt any kind of culture shock? Maybe you wouldn't put it in those terms, but is there anything that you're having to adapt to or things that are surprising to you? Nothing outside of adapting to just becoming an adult and becoming independent. Oh, that. But I also think it comes with how you carry yourself. Uh-huh. Um, what does that mean, how you carry yourself? So Pickering isn't large by any means compared to Toronto, but there there is quite a lot of people. And even my high school wasn't a small high school. I know some people who graduated with a couple tens of people in their class, like 30 people, 12 people. Um, but coming from a large school compared to a schools around it, um, it was one of those schools where you needed to put yourself forward if you wanted to have a leadership position or if you wanted to be the leader of a club or be involved in something that's not... To put not, yourself out there. Yeah, you got to put yourself out there. Um, and I was very involved in extracurriculars in high school. And I took what I learned in my confidence and being able to speak to professors and being able to speak to, you know, someone like you, like you're the dean of Hard House. I have friends who say, like, I don't know how to email my professor and I send them drafts because they don't know how. So coming here, I think being confident enough to put yourself out there, even with um, Jennifer, she emailed me. She's like, you want to do this thing? I was like, I don't have time. She's like, well, I have another opportunity for you. And I jumped on that. And I think being willing to put the step forward makes your surroundings a lot less, seem a lot less closed because now you're opening yourself up to other people. Right. Yeah. So uh, I would suggest, and I'm not the sociologist at the table. Yeah. uh, (laughs) But I would suggest that... uh, you, one of the one of the reasons you're able to do that is because you have a a sense of your own agency, mm-hmm. right, and your responsibility for doing those things and, and being and um, and also there's kind of this. Uh, at least in in Canada, we we like to see think of ourselves as. Uh, um, not being a terribly stratified society or being less stratified than many other societies around the world. So yes. that a first year student not only uh, uh, should feel comfortable contacting a professor, but actually mm-hmm. must contact a professor yes. and go to office hours and ask questions and, and become familiar with the people that are running your courses and running your colleges and running your faculties. Yeah. It's actually, a, but I've heard, and I'd, I'd be curious to know from the international students in the room, um, does that feel like a culturally comfortable thing to do? Because I've heard anecdotally from some international students that 
where they come from, their geographic background, their cultural background says professors and administrators are up on a on a kind of a parapet, and the students are are down below, and they are to receive information, but they are not to ask questions or to challenge assumptions, and it's a very stratified kind of relationship, and that can actually complicate students' ability to get their questions answered and to clarify their assignments and those sorts of things that are really essential to success at a place like the University of Toronto. So I'm going to ask you that question and I'm going to let you think about your answer because we have to stop for our first musical break. So we'll be back in about two and a half minutes to continue the conversation. Thanks. And welcome back to Hard House Conversations. I'm John Monahan here with Rebecca, Sabrina, Noor and Kitsa first-year students at the University of Toronto talking about their impressions uh, and experiences here at the university. And just before the break, I had, I had uh, raised the question for, uh, in particular, the international students in the room, uh, that would be Rebecca, Noor, and Kitsa, if they thought that uh, it there was a different um, relationship between students and professors here than in uh, in the places and cultures that they come from and how they are able to navigate that or how they anticipate navigating that. So Noor, you were going to weigh in on that. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, so it was actually, this was actually one of the most surprising things I found when I first came here. So where I'm from, it was like email, emailing your professor like was not even a thing or and coming here and everything's like so open to you. You have a lot of opportunities. You have office hours. Um, like some professors even, they're so like, they make you feel so comfortable. And and you don't even have to, so for some professors, you don't even have to like, you know, you can just call them by their first name. And I found that very, very surprising. And it just opens up a lot of opportunities that were never open to me before and would have never existed for me had I not have like to come here so I find that very very exciting what about you Kitsa uh yeah I, I'd say definitely yes but I I think there's a bar to it because like Sabrina shared before mm. some people are more confident I, I I think the culture is sort of the same mm. only that here it's uh, encourages that kind of uh, an atmosphere more than it does in other countries mm-hmm. but I I was in Kenya I was speaking to everyone from the person who was cleaning the class, the, the school to the head, the principal, it was unheard of to be able to approach the principal in, in like our culture. But I feel like if someone is really passionate about something, mm. then they're able to approach people more and talk about it. And what this environment does that most of other environments do not do is that they kind of like lights that passion in you and they kind of like encourage it more for everyone so it's more accessible for more people whereas it would be accessible for maybe one of two really confident individuals in maybe my country interesting so you think the system here is designed to encourage everybody yeah to uh to be more um at ease with people in perceived positions of power yeah that's really interesting i'm curious to know uh, and, and by the way, it resonates with me as well. I don't know, you know, even 30 years your senior. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, just a brief, <laughs> brief moment for some depression to set in. Uh, but 30 years your senior, but 30 years ago, I was very intimidated by the people that uh, were teaching classes. And it took me 
at least a couple of years at the university to kind of get my my what I call my sea legs, yeah. you know, where I kind of felt like I had the agency and maybe the social capital to begin to actually interact yeah. on a person-to-person basis. So the fact that you're doing that in first year or know that you need to, I think is fantastic. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and I was having this, I whenever you're able to reach out to these people, not only do opportunities open up for you academically, yeah. but also uh, so many possibilities are opening up to you. I was having this conversation with my success advisor and she just, I had this thing that I really wanted to do. I, I was saying I wanted to change the world and I was like, how am I going to change the world? Mm. And she actually put me on a path where I could see myself impacting other individuals and sort of like sharing. I felt that at Toronto and U of C specifically, it's the best university in Canada, one of the best in the world. There's so much diversity that is brought into place that we need to share this. And so like having conversations with these people in power, it can it kind of opens us up to how we can be able to reach out to more people and to newer possibilities more than just looking at a lecture slide or writing notes in class. And I'm sure it benefits all parties. Yeah. It's really important for everybody, regardless of what your your job is or your perceived social position is, it's really beneficial for everybody to have that uh, uh, to have those those uh, diverse conversations and to begin to learn how to navigate differences in really constructive ways. Yeah. So I think that's a really powerful lesson. Mm. Speaking of powerful lessons, what are you expecting to learn while you're at university? And I don't mean academics, but what are you expecting to learn uh, about life? about how to navigate the world. Are there things that you're looking forward to learning and doing uh, outside of your outside of the classroom while you're at the university? Yeah, I think something that I'm really looking forward to is just taking agency over my own actions um, because in high school, there's always people like, oh, there's this opportunity if you're interested, like I think you'd be a great candidate, you know, like you should sign up for this kind of thing. And in university, it's a little different because those opportunities are there, but it's up to you to first of all, seek them out and then up to you to actually like get them done. Um, so hopefully that's something that I learned. I'm in the process of applying to something actually right now. So hopefully I will be able to get my, my to-do list together to make sure that I get all of the things done. So mm. that's something that hopefully I'll get by the end by the time I graduated, so, yeah. Sabrina, what about you? Um, something that I'm excited to kind of hone, I suppose, is like networking and networking skills, which sounds really superficial on the face of it. Oh, I don't think so, but <laughs> I, do tell, but I don't think so at all. <laughs> Some people say like, you know, it's you're just going to meet people, whatever, but it's, it's actually, I wouldn't call it an art, but it's a skill to be able to talk to people and be able to connect with someone in a way that like you can get their number, get their Facebook and contact them even after months or years of not talking. I need to learn that. <laughs> I need to see you for that. Especially in kind of this. You've just networked, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is it. You're just doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, in this job market and just kind of like financial climate, I don't want to throw too many buzzwords out, but um, a lot of the times with jobs and just opportunities, it's not so much the skills you have. There's 50 other people with the skills you have, but it's the people you know, and it's what the people you know know of you and what you in particular can bring into, into that position, the things that they know about you that the interviewer can't get out of a half hour, you know? So I'm just looking, really looking forward to just 
be better at talking to people and taking in what they're saying to me and remembering names, remembering details, um, and making actual viable connections. All of that sounds very wise to me. <laughs> no, it really does because uh, you know we we have if if we're not marketing ourselves, uh, who's going to do that for us? Yeah. I think is part of what you're saying, and it's also just a reality that um, that uh, people uh, engage with, they hire, they uh, recruit from people they know. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important, and it's not a—it's uh, not super. I don't think it's superficial at all. If it's if if uh, you're driven by a genuine curiosity mm-hmm. in other people and what they do and how how uh, what they do fits together with what others do, and mm-hmm. you begin to map the world in a really interesting human way, person by person. I think mm-hmm. it's a really terrific skill to learn. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> Noor, what about you? What are you excited about? Uh, So one of the things I'm really looking forward to in university is not just to be on the receiving end, but to also just like give back. And as Sabrina just said, to communicate and um, to be part of something that, you know, I don't want to just learn in university. I want to teach. I want to. Um, be part of something that maybe teaches kids somewhere like um, on the weekend or um, like maybe volunteer in healthcare, just to be able to connect with my community and not not just be on the receiving end. So I'm just really looking forward to that. I think that's amazing too. And there's lots and lots of opportunities uh, uh, to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The university has a number of of, uh, ways that they can introduce you to some of those opportunities. There are resources on campus, for example, through the Center for Community Partnerships or even here at Hart House. We have some of those initiatives. Uh, I think that's that were not available to me when I was back home. Mm-hmm. So this is, is super right? exciting. Very different. Yeah, very, very different. Kitsa, what excites you? And then what what scares you? Uh, wow. <laughs> what excites me? What scares me? Okay, I noticed that I was asked that question in specific and not the one on what I'm really looking forward to. No, learn. I said what excites you? And, and, then, what what, and then we're going to move back with the other people and find yeah. out what scares them. Uh or intimidates them but anyway but what excites you first of all i'm really glad that you put it in those words because as you're like what are we really looking forward to learn when i got here i was super excited over the opportunities that are available in this place two months in i got super intimidated Mm. why because there's this serious conversation that people are having a lot of my peers are having that there's such a high level of competitiveness that people are not able to penetrate most markets. Mm-hmm. I'm not a business student. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I got this opportunity to join, archi- to join architecture, so that's what I'm studying. But as Sabrina said before, people don't just employ people with the skills anymore. People employ people who they know and trust. And I feel that that's sort of bringing an idea to most of us who are in school right now, that we have to compete for what we are going to get. So there's this idea of limited resources, which I feel should not be the case. And this, I hope my sociology professor doesn't listen to this recording because <laughs> we were having this discussion in class and they were like, there's this baby boom generation. If you are a sociology professor, turn off the radio now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, so yeah, uh, this period in time where there were more babies born in history than there have been before, and they were saying that because so many babies were born, the society was not prepared to 
take care of this strain on the resources. But I feel like if you have 20 more engineers, that doesn't mean that we have fewer jobs for this 20 engineers. Mm -hmm. That actually means that we have 20 more people who can be able to do more than one person would do. And so that's what I'm that's what I'm really excited about. The idea that competitiveness is not in it should not be observed in terms of like limitation, mm -hmm. but in terms of like possibilities. And what she said just right now, that's what I was going to say. What I'm really looking forward to learn is how to give back. Because I'm at this point in my life where I've, I feel so much has been given unto me. Mm. We need to to give uh, someone, say this, someone in the history of the United States, say that some generations so much is given and in other generations so much is expected. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is the generation that so much has been given, but little has been expected from us and really we've delivered little. So... Looking forward to having conversations with people in different places in the university, people at the Impact Center, Heart House, all these people. And I want to form something called the Student Innovation Hub. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope that name is not patented yet. <laughs> and I just want to connect people with people and just like that. I'm really excited about that. I don't feel like competitiveness should be a threat. Rather, it should be an opportunity. I think that sounds amazing. Yeah. Here at Hardhouse, we have something called the Good Ideas Fund. Oh, I yeah. I just want to mention yeah. that uh, it, you can find information at hardhouse.ca, and the Good Ideas Fund is a way to obtain up to, I believe it's $2,000 in funding for a really good idea. Yeah. So I would encourage you and others listening to explore that. Others at the table, is there something that intimidates you a little bit about your experience? Uh, or... Have you got it all figured out? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what Kitsa said, like there's the competitive aspect is something that, I mean, I had in high school, but not to the same extent as it is in university. Um, and trying to navigate that and try to get over that aspect, you know, being able to put myself out there um, is something that I'm still trying to explore and I'm still scared about. Um, I, there's, I've found a few activities that I really enjoy doing so far on campus, but in high school, I was always super busy. Like I had like 14 hour days, like I was constantly doing things. And at the beginning of university, I just felt like I wasn't doing enough. Like mm -hmm. I was constantly like either going to class, coming home, doing homework. And I just felt like there was something missing in terms of my schedule. Um, being an, a humanities student, like unlike engineering students, like we have a lot of free time in our schedule there. We don't have as many classes. So I just felt like I wasn't using my time to the best of my ability. So so I'm, I think that going forward and going to the rest of this year, I'm going to try to find activities that I truly enjoy doing to like help fill in some of those gaps in my schedule. Can I just applaud you to f for figuring that out <laughs> by the end of the second month? I think yeah. it took me until my third year, right. so <laughs> well done. Um, I, <laughs> Sabrina, what about you? For me, I think what's most intimidating is that um, I was a very high achiever coming mm -hmm. into here. Um, I was kind of... U of T was one of the schools that I was looking at, but I was also contemplating applying to like Ivy League, so like Harvard, Columbia, U of T, and then I applied to some other schools in Canada. Um, so I was very active and my grades were up there. And I came, I come here and I haven't seen much of a change, but everyone has been telling me that I'm going to have that great fall where I'm right. not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to get that 80 or whatever on my paper. I'm I mean, I've been rejected for a couple of things. I was, like, interviewed for a work study. I didn't get whatever. But I'm waiting for that academic fall. I'm waiting for that great, like, 
destruction. <laughs> and I feel like the longer I go where I, I feel kind of like I'm on the same path as I was in high school, like I'm doing well, when things come crumbling down, it's going to be a mess because everyone's telling me like, you're not going to be able to sustain this. You're in first year. You're not going to get these marks the whole time. So that's kind of, I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we have to say goodbye to one of our panelists because uh, academia is calling. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to thank you, Kitsa. It's been a delight to meet you, and I look forward to further interaction with you. Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue the conversation for a few minutes after you've gone. I promise we won't talk about you. Though. No, it's okay. <laughs> you can talk about me. Yeah. I, I would, it's going to be I, good. Yeah, could stay longer, but... Well, I hope there'll be another time. And you yeah. know what would be fun? I'm just putting it out there for the producer who's listening. We should have a check-in. Yeah. Like at the end of the first year. Oh. Yeah. How did that go for you? Yeah. Right? So we we'll gather again. Awesome. Okay? If awesome. not before. Okay. Good luck today. Thank you. Okay. Noor. So I think I speak for, for a lot of international students or students coming from abroad. When I say the transition from childhood to adulthood, even mm-hmm. when you're not, especially when you're not around your family, like you're so you when you're back home, you're so used to like, yeah, I can I can mess up. It's fine. You know, you have people that can pick you up. But now it's like every action has a consequence. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's part of the transition, right? It's part of, of growing up. It's part of it's exciting, but it's also something very intimidating. So. Mm, it's a little bit of both for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. Does that resonate with yeah, Sabrina and Rebecca? <clears throat> yes, I'm looking for nods. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. it does. Um, so a couple of you have, have referenced uh, activities outside the classroom. Uh, you've mm-hmm. both, you've all been busy when you were in high school. You did a lot beyond just your studies. Mm-hmm. Um, here at Hart House and in many other pockets of the university, we talk a lot about the importance of uh, education outside the classroom. And that if, if, if all you are doing is getting A's in your classes, obviously it's better to get A's than to get other marks, but <laughs> if that's all you're doing, that's not uh, the, full, the full package of your education, that it's mm-hmm. really important to pursue interests uh, that will help you to develop uh, some of the communication skills and leadership skills and networking skills like the ones that Sabrina referenced. Uh, it's also important to find an opportunity for for health and wellness and mm-hmm. balance so that you're able to manage all of the, the various uh, things that are thrown at you in first and second and third and fourth year. So I'm just curious to know... Um, are you thus far in your studies able to, have you been able to carve out time for those co-curricular activities? And uh, if so, what are you doing or what are you hoping to do? How do you want to get involved? And how important do you think those things are to your overall education? Well, That's a lot in one question. <laughs> well, for me, one of my favorite things like to do in the world is play volleyball. Um, I played volleyball all throughout middle and high school. And um, I love volleyball, but I say that volleyball doesn't love me only because I have received a lot of injuries <laughs> through playing volleyball, um, <laughs> which have kind of helped 
or prohibited me from playing in certain times of my life. But have you tried that, circus? Uh, <laughs> I've not tried circus. Come I'll link me. into that. Come join the circus. <laughs> exactly, Run away and join exactly. the circus. Um, but that was something that I was really looking forward to joining when I came to U of T. So I joined uh, the new college intramural volleyball team, um, and we have games every Tuesday. So that's been like a nice like thing to have in my schedule because it's it gives me time to like not have to like think about papers that I have to write mm-hmm. or things that I have to study it's just like time for me to play and I've always found that even in high school like when I was playing volleyball because I used to play like two hours five days a week like I just felt better about myself because like I felt like I could get the stress out the endorphins were surging so like it was a it was a good time so um mm. that's something that I I try to play at least twice a week so I'll play games on Tuesdays and then I try to do drop in volleyball on Friday and those just like genuinely reset my day because like I just feel so much better after playing um so you feel more productive in your studies when you've when you've managed to play a, a match or to do the drop-in session? Do you feel like it helps you in other areas of your life? Um, I think that, like, um, it, it helps, like, keep the stress levels down yeah. um, so that I'm not super worried. Um, like, last night I had a volleyball game, and after I came back to my dorm at night, after taking my nice bike ride in, in the evening time, it was just, it just, I felt better. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of stressed earlier in that day because I had an econ exam on Monday, and I had a paper to turn in yesterday, too. So, like, to just go and, like, play volleyball and to, like, yeah. release all of that stress. And like, it gives you more energy, I think, like, yeah. throughout the day. Like, the next day you just feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. What's your uh, de-stressor or what, what is your extracurricular or co-curricular involvement? So for me, extracurriculars were like um, mainly during my summertime. So um, back in when, when I first started, uh, I started traveling abroad because I wanted to volunteer abroad in medical programs. So my first one was in Ghana. That mm-hmm. was... Um, that was part, like we what we what we mainly did there was we went to leprosy camps and um, uh, there also we conducted malaria tests in orphanages and in schools and we went to public hospitals and um, fast forward to last summer I went um, actually my hometown in Lebanon I volunteered I I volunteered there in a children's cancer hospital. And that was one of the best experiences of my life. Mm. And um, that same summer, I interned at Stanford. It was a cardiothoracic surgical internship. And it was a very hands-on program. I learned a lot of fundamentals in surgery, and it was, um, I, it was just amazing. Um, so I usually try to incorporate these things into my summers. And um, like throughout the day-to-day um, different activities I do, um, I try to, like, I've been trying to, you know, just go to the gym because, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I feel like it just gives me a lot of, um, it gives me just better vibes throughout the day. I'm more energetic. I'm more active. I'm more available. I'm more, I just, I, I, I just feel like it's a, an essential part of your day. And, um, like when I'm, when I'm free, when I, when I'm, when I, um, have some free time, I, I like to explore Toronto because I feel like it's such a dynamic city with like so many different things to do. It's not just like, you know, just a small city where you can like finish doing everything in like a week or two. No, it's like, it's endless. So yeah, that's it for me. You were born in in uh, Scarborough. Scarborough. And yeah. did you live in Scarborough at all before you? I have no memory of no memory like of being in Scarborough. But I like I I left when I was about two years old. So. Okay. I'm pretty new here. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And it's interesting, too. I'm just thinking as you're talking about the nomenclature, uh, I think uh, the, in answer to the last question, uh, you you um, use the term international student about yourself. 
but then you're not. Oh, I, 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 so I, I was actually mentioning that I can re- like international students as well as students who came from abroad from can, abroad. can relate to me. That's what I was trying me. to. Well, exactly, and you to them. So I'm just curious: does the nomenclature? When so you think of yourself as a? Do you think of yourself? Uh, if you think of yourself, do you think of yourself <laughs> as a Canadian student, as an international student, as a, as a Canadian student that comes from abroad? How do you? Think um, of I wouldn't have thought of myself as a very, very Canadian student when I was like back home. But now that I'm here, I feel so integrated with everything. Like right. I feel like I'm part of this. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I, I. How do I say this? It's hard to put into words, but um, I feel like I belong here. I have a sense of belonging here now. That's great. Yeah, That's it's great. great. You know, Toronto gives you that. <laughs> Excellent, mm-hmm. Sabrina. Tell us about co-curricular, because that's been a big part of your life up to this point. Yes. Um, My extracurricular journey with U of T actually started back in March. I Mm -hmm. came here for, um, not fall campus day, that's what I just volunteered for. I came here for um, residence tours. Okay. across UC and I was a tour guide in high school, a guidance ambassador, and I walked up to, I went to the um, visitor center and I walked up to the first person in the front desk and I was like, I want to do this. How do I do this? So they gave me the card for Laura Cleland. And I w- I've been emailing her since March of 2017, so earlier this week, this year. And over the months, I sent, it, I sent her my resume. I sent her my um, CV. And um, now I'm a student ambassador, which started from me just being a grade 12 high school student on campus. And now that's where I got that opportunity. So tell us what a student ambassador does. Um... Basically, kind of like a tour guide, we help set up and take down um, events that are open. It's the visitor center, so events that are open to visitors who are coming to um, visit the campus, check out U of T, check out what U of T is about. Maybe they're not even trying to enroll here. They're just coming to like see the buildings because the buildings are pretty. So um, I didn't lead any tours, but I answered a lot of questions. I directed people to um, different areas, um, and I was at an info booth, and student ambassador is a volunteer position, but um, it's a good way to get into the paid position, with the, which is a tour guide. So it's kind of like the first step. I actually wanted to be a tour guide, but then Laura was like, we don't hire first years. And I was like, but you could hire me. And she's like, no. So um, I'm, I'm spending this year um, and then hopefully I can be a tour guide. But my other um, extracurriculars, I took my own advice that mm-hmm. I would give to all of my grade nines between grade 12 and, or grade 10 and grade 12 when mm-hmm. I would do mm-hmm. high school tours. And that was sign up for everything. You have so much time in grade nine. And I realized I have so much time in first year. So in the first month in September, I had probably about 11 things going that I was either applying for or going to interviews for, blah, blah, blah. And I honed that down to about four or five things right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing outside of class. Um, But my best piece of advice to anyone coming into a new institution, especially if you're the lowest level, is you have relatively more time than everyone else. So use that time to really find out what you're coming here for, not just for school. And then as you go up in years, you also want to move up in the ranks of whatever you've chosen to do. Mm -hmm. You want to first start and diversify, go out, and then whatever you choose, you want to build up. Yeah. I would dispute that first years are the lowest level, but <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about in terms yeah, of like ex- the entry, in terms of an entry, entry level, yeah. amount of experience at or familiarity with the university. Yeah. I get you. Uh, so let me stay with you then, Sabrina. Mm-hmm. When you think about extracurricular or co-curricular activities, are you thinking about things 
that uh, connect to your career aspirations or things that you want to be involved in just for the sheer joy of it or a little bit of both? Um, it's a little bit of both. Uh, my ultimate goal is goal is law school. Um, the dream is Harvard Law, so that's always in the back of my head. Um, and because that's my interests, a lot of the things that I do relate to my interests. So I was looking into doing mooting. I'm not doing it, but that's like law-related. You read constitutional, whatever, and try and get people off on been, technicalities. Been there, mooted yeah. that. <laughs> um, podcasting, radio stuff is cool. Not necessarily related, but it's the whole networking feel. Um, so I'm also the student ambassador works with the networking feel, feel, um, I'm on the mental health commission with UC. So that helps me with learning how to like run events and really take leadership positions because it's a small commission. The one thing that I do that has no real relation is I'm not doing it now. Like I told you I'm poor, (laughs) but, um, I'm trying to save money to get into silks for, um, the next semester because they actually offer it at the student athletic center, Hmm. um, which is like. Eight minute walk from Morrison Hall. So hopefully I can scrounge up the money for that. And that has no relation to law or business or really anything. That we know of. Um, not yet. Um, maybe an someone injury has, lawsuit. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, someone needs to break a leg. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do that because it's fun. And like um, y'all have said before, that working out really, it takes your mind off of school, I find even more so than kind of like academic related co-curriculars, because you can really hurt yourself if you're not paying attention while you're working out, Um, especially if you're up in the air. Mm -hmm. So you really just get to focus on something that you enjoy, um, which is really nice. And then you, you get more energy and you feel, you feel better because you're also working out your body as well as your mind. There's a brief disclaimer on behalf of Hardhouse. We <laughs> wish good health to all circuit performers <laughs> who are listening or not listening for that matter. Uh, fantastic. So it sounds like, uh, if I may editorialize, uh, in some respects, you are, uh, all three of you are doing the right things. <laughs> the, at least the things that we hear are the right things to do. It sounds like you're finding time to get your studies done, to figure out exactly what, what, what you want to specialize in. You're finding time to do things outside the classroom. You're taking care of your physical health, uh, whether through a workout at the gym or through something slightly more ambitious <laughs> and, dare I say, dangerous. Um, and you are thinking both short-term and longer-term at the same time. But that's a lot to manage. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to manage. Does it ever seem like a lot of stress? Yeah. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. It's part of it's part of the process. Yeah. So, <laughs> Rebecca, you talked about uh, volleyball being a stress release. Mm-hmm. What what else helps with your stress? I think a really big thing, which is really hard to find in such a large university, is a support system. Yeah, I was going to say something on the yeah. lines of that too. Yeah. And I feel like you need kind of like a two-tiered support system. You need the people in your course going through it with you to text and say, this prof is ridiculous. We're not going to be able to get this deadline like and complain with them. But then I also feel you need the other half where you have a Don or a mentor, someone who's been through it already, that you can text and say, I don't know how to manage this. And they can say, I've been in your situation and this is what I did. Here's some steps, you know? So you need people you can vent with who's like going through it. And then people who can kind of give you 
um, some advice. And it's really hard to find the right people in such a large place. So kind of peer mentoring? Peer mentoring, yeah. Um, and also taking advantage of the mentors that are established for you, especially I said Dawn's because I'm in residence. I live in residence and they're literally there to help you. And there's so many there's 70 people, I think, in my house in Morrison Hall. And I can guarantee you that not all of them talk to the Dons. And there's probably a good portion of them that don't plan on doing any house activities, don't plan on talking to the Dons ever. And I feel like if you are struggling and you're stressing and you you don't take that opportunity to get that help, you might be missing out on some good advice. Noor, what do you think? I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot available to us. We just don't know of it. And Mm -hmm. um, like, if we were ever stressed out, there's there's the college registrar. We can connect with upper year students. As uh, Sabrina said, they're the dons. There are so many people that can help us out. I think we just, the the challenge here is to seek the help, but it's always Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. I think it's always there. Especially here in UFT, it, it is there. Yeah, Rebecca, last word to you. I, I think that um, just besides like the academic resources, like I think having like good friends is like is something that mm. I've always like found to help me get through like really stressful times. And so coming to U of T, it's a little hard because everyone is meeting each other for like the first time, unless you like came with people from your school. Um, <clears throat> but my. I've found friends through international, like the international student orientation, and I feel pretty adult when it's up to me to like make the effort to like see them again, even though we don't have any classes together, or just to like have conversations with my roommates and just to like constantly meet people. I find that my favorite times of day are like lunch or dinner when I'm sitting in the cafe and like talking to new people around me. That's also a really big stress relief for me too. Mm-hmm. Well, I would just like to say that I think 2021 is going to be a great year. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I hope so because, as well. If it's still here. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Helpful note to end on. Thanks, Rebecca. Sorry. <laughs> That's for the next conversation. And I do hope that there is a next conversation, and there will be, uh, hopefully at the end of the year. I'd like first, though, to thank Noor and Sabrina and Rebecca and our friend Kitsa, who had to leave Uh Thank you so much for taking time to be here to share your perspectives. And we will look forward to the opportunity to connect with all of you again at the end of the year and uh, find out if your perspective has evolved or changed in some other way. Uh, And in the meantime, we wish you continued good luck. The University of Toronto is fortunate to have all of you uh, uh, as members of the community.